BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain i'm as bad as hell and i'm not going to take this anymore this whole thing is insane this whole thing is insane 300 years ago you'd have been burned at the stake what do all men of power want more power this is now the united states of zombie land this whole thing is insane man is evil capable of nothing but destruction Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy Heresies, and welcome to the Desert of the Real. Heresies shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Live. Audio version for Thee and This Eternal Now, and Red Pill Cafeteria. Maja Dao returned to the virtual Alexandria and discussed her new book, 4D, a psycho novel. She shared the sound research behind this very Gnostic tale, including shamanism across history, the eternal battle between Daemon and Archons, Egyptian mysticism, and hermetic witchcraft. What we discovered is that the afterlife is as much of a trap as our simulation. And that's the good news because the true gnosis happens in unleashing our inner dragon and flying across the raw heavens. And by raw, I mean the god. No one here gets out alive. A special announcement. Online tickets to stream Astronosis are also available. Ready to meet and defeat the Archons from the comfort of your device? Experience more than 15 hours of immersive, exclusive, and premium scholarship and spiritually helpful content on the Demiurge and his Archons. Just as engaging, 
understand slash overcome the nature of evil and suffering from a Gnostic slash hermetic point of view. As the only conference on Gnosticism, you won't find this information anywhere else or from better experts in the field. Meet the Archons will be streamed from the Theosophical Society in Wheaton, Illinois. The Theosophical Society professional AV team is in charge, so expect no glitches and an immersive experience. Tickets include live event access remotely on any device, ability to participate and ask questions to speakers via the chat function, and a replay available afterward to listen at your convenience. Watch and interact with April DeConnick, Mitch Horowitz, Richard Smoley, Chris Knowles, Steven Snyder, Sarah Elkaldi, James True, and yours truly. And that includes our panel discussion. Check out the show notes or go to thegodabovegod.com for more information. Let us to our interview with Maja. But first, a couple of minutes of my Johnny Meatsack commercial. I usually don't include video intros, but as you will see, we keep calling back to it in our amazing discussion. So it's necessary. Write your own gospel, live your own myth. Hi there, my name is Johnny Meatsack. Like you, I once held a normal life in a normal place with a normal job. I had a normal family. Hi Karen and simply thought I'd live my normal life to a normal death. One day, however, I experienced this thing called Gnosis, a direct revelation of a truer but distant reality and the realization that my reality was a fabricated construct. I discovered my life was a lie and my identity was as synthetic as Alexa or Siri and that the universe itself was a penitentiary built by cosmic overlords to trap and feed off my dormant, authentic consciousness. Jimmy Crickets, I thought. My only choices were to join an awareness-killing cult like a political party or just kill myself. But by some luck or providence, <clears throat> Sophia's grace, I discovered Aeon Byte Gnostic Radio. Despite the host's creepy monologues and the show's blasphemous topics, I was able to develop the ability to uncover my authentic consciousness and deal with this prison planet. In other words, this gnosis grew until I was a fully divine being, no longer in the thrall of entities called Archons and their soul-numbing, amnesia-causing powers. Thank you, Aeon Bite, for waking me up to my true eternal nature. Everything is still normal these days, except me, Johnny Meatsack. I'm on the adventure of many lifetimes to be completely liberated from the Black Iron Prison. Welcome. 
Welcome, everybody, to Aeon Byte. Uh, yes, you just heard the Johnny Meatsack intro for those of you watching the video. Maja, I, I don't, uh, it seems you didn't approve. You didn't look too shocked at it. So good. I was like, uh huh. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly relates to the topic tonight. So, exactly no surprise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, welcome, everybody, to AB Live to the virtual Alexandria. My name is Miguel Connor, and I am still your pompadus of Gnosis, that madman across the waters of creation. And uh, very excited tonight uh, to have my favorite witch, the Witch of the Dawn, and that is uh, Maja Dau. Maja, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Oh, I always love speaking with you, Miguel. My pleasure. Oh, pleasure is all mine. And uh, for the audience, Besides Maja's very cool books, which I have enjoyed, this one, of course, I use every day or every other day when I do a reading. Uh, so it's really helped me out with the Oracle, the I Ching. And uh, Maja and I have been talking a lot. She has been very helpful in the, very helpful in this Elvis book as we're both trying to untangle the sexuality of Elvis, which is a, oh my God, it's a rabbit hole. I don't need, it's like, uh, that's the chapter I get afraid of revising because it's just so in yeah. so out of control with Elvis. I mean, he was he was really born with this tantric power, and he was I don't know how to explain it. Obviously, I try to associate him with Dionysius and Orpheus, but as you know, Maja, I try to associate him the most with Hermes, and Hermes was a player he was a very sexual god but he was also a mama's boy and he also loved women for whatever position they came into his life so that's a start it's just free love <laughs> free love you know um I, I feel like part of getting liberated a lot of people come into different parts of it right for some people they experience it through their libido exactly exactly but yeah he was uh so complex when it came you just never know you never knew what you were gonna get he was just, uh, <laughs> if you're a Russian woman in his, if you're a woman in his company you never knew what he was get but that's because uh he had this power to see through people but he also didn't manipulate him he really did put his cards on the table when he whenever so because he was but, sincerely all those different attributes right he could mm -hmm. He wasn't making it up. He was. He had it in there somewhere. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And sometimes he would he would draw from the old man archetype. He'd have some girl who wanted to, uh, you know, put her bed notch with you know uh, the 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 sexiest man alive, the most popular rock star, and Elvis would turn around and say, "Why don't we meditate and read some spirituality books?" Just out of nowhere, and that would be their date. That would be their evening together. So you just never knew. So. So good. <laughs> and with us, too, we've got the Moondog Vance. Vance, how are you doing? Oh, I just made it by the skin of my teeth here. I heard you talking about the I Ching. Well, I just got back from the Ka Ching. <laughs> 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 that place that feeds me sustenance in the material world. We are living in the material world. Yes, we are. And uh, But we're going to find out there's a lot more to this material world. For everybody, if you have questions on the topics that we will be talking about, please super chat them to Vance and we will get to you or comments or anything you want to share or just support. But we will be talking about Maja's new novel, 4D, a psycho novel. Hello. And uh, there you go. There's the book. There 
It's just and a little I, book. <laughs> it's a really little good book. As I told you, I, I opened it like I give myself like plenty of time. So I opened it like last Friday. And by Saturday evening, I had finished it. It was that good. It was just a, a real page turner. And of course, I kept seeing all the Gnostic themes, all the themes of the daemon simulation. And I was just riveted. This book just takes you on this amazing journey that I think lasts a day or so, but actually destroys time. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell the audience, give the audience a summary of your novel and we'll try to tiptoe around any spoilers. I know. I don't want it because I want it to kind of like inside of people's brains. But yeah, I'm so glad to hear you mentioned that, that you read it quickly because so far all of the people that I have had read it tell me the same thing where they just keep going until it's over, which I love books like that. I'm a big fan of, you know, adventure, sword and sorcery, you know, kind of fantasy books where it's just like you're on a ride and you go through it like like you're riding, you know, roller coaster or something and you just go like so I love to write fiction in a way that has that kind of command, you know, because those are just the stories I enjoy reading the most. Um, but yeah, with 4D, it is a young adult novel, which might be kind of funny for you now that you've read it. But it is. Oh, okay. it's young adult, right? And I mean, I'm a young adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made it that way on purpose because when I was a teenager, it was so hard to find books that contain some of these ideas. Obviously, now we have Harry Potter, which kind of at least got some of the magical realism into the general consciousness. But I find that books that will deal with things like, you know, hyperspace or interdimensional realities, you know, Gnosticism, like you mentioned, to try to get these concepts into the minds of the, you know, general everybody, but especially people who are just getting presented with different um, ideas and concepts and maybe all they've come across is something very boring. I wanted to be able to interject this uh, into their minds. So it just kind of follows the main character, Angela, on this um, absurd journey, as you mentioned, that begins um, in a strip club where she has, you know, as it happens, just didn't really have any other options and decided to go give it a roll. And then she, from there, kind of falls into this um, alternate reality. But... I did base some of the concepts on the descent of Inanna, mm -hmm. the goddess, and some of these underworld journeys, and then mixed in um, some other themes that I felt needed to get into people's minds <laughs> more. Mm -hmm. So she kind of goes through meeting all these characters and entities and having some supernatural experiences, and then it goes from there. Yeah, it's a, it's again, it's a wild ride because, like you said, it starts uh, as we were talking before. It starts with she's down on her luck. She's going into the strip club her first day, and she's going in. And I, I was telling you, it could be something like the beginning of uh, Goodfellas, that one shot through the club, you know, and oh, yeah. sorry, you know, and Johnny two times and all that. And she's going and 
it's completely insane and you're like oh my god oh my god how's it gonna work out and then it moves over and then it's like bang bang supernatural meeting wrong characters uh before you know it there's a there's, again within 24 hours there's an apocalypse of the entire <laughs> universe and transformation it just it doesn't stop and uh, i had to laugh too because <clears throat> excuse me i was like oh my god down on her luck and i kept thinking if it'd been a man how would a man be down on a luck usually you've got the guy he's alone in his office he's drinking out of his thing his wife's texting me i'm divorcing you and how am i gonna get make money and he, men are just like falling apart and she's like i am desperate this is what i need to do this is what society is and she though she does have a lot of um uh you show a lot of her problems vulnerabilities uh for example in her life she's she you write um where she is all those people who talk about how your attitude can shape your life are full of shit i did nothing to deserve this tony robbins was a liar we are nothing but puppets being driven along by some esoteric pull of the strings of fate the illusion of co-creation is a joke nothing i did could have possibly landed me here my crystal ball ball never showed me this i didn't deserve it so she really has lost faith in everything yeah it happens all you have to do is go to la right like <laughs> a lot of people who come with these uh, you know spiritual ideals is what a lot of um people present but as you so appropriately show in the film that we saw in the opening sequence that you made it's a very shocking uncomfortable terrible thing um when you kind of awaken because you lose everything as you go through the ego death and there's you know you don't really all these like manifest your uh prosperity um jingles that we hear all the time become very meaningless very quickly uh as you confront the reality of coming into a higher state of awareness mm -hmm. yeah and the main theme which has been kind of a theme on this show well obviously it's a show about gnosticism but more even so is the theme of the archon mind parasite or as angela calls her own one uh, the mind asshole uh, <laughs> she, she recognizes that she's got something like it's just not her insecurity talking or anything she's like there is something with me and at some point in the story obviously as she is awakening again she's like you said inanna she is awakening to her divinity but still has to plunge down into this underworld for the full pruning which we all have to do but we all but have to do it it's so true and i get like a little mad when it's presented otherwise you know yeah yeah i mean the stories yeah. of people the stories of sophia or inanna or christ going out into hades or orpheus we think that oh cute story but i want to win the lottery and have a handsome husband but it's like no 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 these are the stories of our liberation these are what That's we right. are they are us they are the soul going down into the world and so forth so you're right and but where did you uh research or think of getting the idea of these uh, mind parasites well, that has been with me a really long time. As someone that um, thinks a lot, I'm kind of a thinky, brainy person in general. Mm. I had an awareness of my own inner dialogue and then things that were kind of seemed not uh, of that and paying attention to when there would be those either from other people or environments. 
So because I was so familiar with my own inner dialogue, I was like, what are those things? So I really started researching paganism. I mean, I think I was like 15 in the public library. I would just get interlibrary loan books from every library on every pagan thing that I could find. And I was pretty early. I feel like I was maybe 17 when I came across the concept of like, you know, mental attachments, I think it was called. Um, and a lot of the new age books, especially address it as like an attachment. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then you see them presented in so many different languages, as you know, like the Gnostics discuss them. Um, they're even talked about in Scientology for crying out loud, right? The the Thetans or whatever that oh, can yeah, get yeah. attached to people. So, I mean, this is really a spiritual reality that if you understand it is discussed in like every single religion, right? Uh, and presented one way or another. So I really want people to raise awareness to the fact that there are these mental attachments. And um, I love exploring ideas of egregores, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm doing a film about egregores uh, with my friend Courtney and we're, we've been interviewing all kinds of people and we're going to try to get that finished soon. If people are interested, uh, it'll be on my website links to it. But this idea of these thought forms that can just, um, not be you, but influence you, influence your behavior, um, influence it negatively, you know, cloud your ability to take action or, um, even make judgments or find you that authentic self that you mentioned in the movie becomes totally, um, just mired and mucked in these arconic, um, garbage heaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it gets pretty complicated and we could talk more about the difference with what are our thoughts? What are the archons, uh, I, I have a solution we can talk about, or at least the way we should move forward. But yeah, in your book, in your novel, you you talk about that this was, these mind parasites were almost a necessary thing hundreds, thousands of years ago for the evolution of humanity. It was something that a deal with the devil or something, our primordial, whatever, shaman leaders or humans did. Of course, it reminds me of, uh, was it uh, Gurdjieff's Kunda Buffer, this organ that we yes. attach to our brains, which makes us not see the truth, blinds us from reality. So I thought of that. But tell us more about this deal that we did years ago, or we can find it in other societies, or how did you come about it? Well, yeah, that one is discussed a lot, too. Uh, if we look at, like, even the myth of Prometheus, Right, that there's some kind of idea that humans alone can't really access some of those realms of gnosis, and mm -hmm. that we need some kind of assistance, whether it's a, a plant or a drug or music, and that in order to have that creative power to get there, we are like um, handicapped or something. And so there's kind of two views. One is that these things that are handicapped being our our mental ability are you know part of what have enabled our survival in the 3d world right so i mean there's just certain things you have to do like you were mentioning uh going to your job we got to do work we got to eat we got to sleep we have to do all these mundanities but 
in order, if you think about it in ancestor terms and primal ways, how were people really able to do that stuff? And so some spiritual concepts have an idea that maybe we had like a partnership, like a synthesis with some other organism or sentience or consciousness, uh, which happens a lot biologically, right? Mm-hmm. Even in our cells, the, they suppose that the mitochondria, it's more like a synthesis relationship that we came into, um, that our cells couldn't really develop energy before that. So I really based the parasites more on mitochondria um, engaging with our cells. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I don't know if you've heard of the theory of the bicameral mind. And oh, yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. Yeah. That- yeah. I forgot, yeah, I'm bad with names, but yeah, at one point, our original state or almost original state is we had two voices. And these, yeah. it wasn't just like uh, inner dialogue, people, everybody had this other voice. Right. And it's assumed that this voice became the daemon, the god, whatever. And then at some point in history, this voice was sort of thrown away, seen as a fiction, as a delusion. Mentally and we've lost. ill, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we no longer Not have it. this voice. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Demonic. Demonic. Exactly. Yeah. I think the church had a lot to do with uh, talking people out of listening to, you know, their inner voice. It's something I think a lot about and I've studied a lot about. I kind of want to write a book um, because you can see two schools, right? It's viewed positively by some people. Like, for example, we have George Bush telling him that God told him to go to war with Iraq, right? And then everybody lauds this and is like, oh, righteous, righteous, right? <laughs> but you have somebody on a bus saying that they were told by God to kill somebody. This is like a bad deal, right? So, <laughs> I mean, obviously it gets really sketchy, but we see it, this capacity to receive these instructions from another voice um, as viewed negatively or positively, even if all of them are instructing violence, really. Uh, and then the, the demonic, obviously, of Socrates and how... He really receives uh, information, data, instructions, mm-hmm. life-saving instructions, right? You can't really deny that there is this um, capacity. But I guess some people don't experience that. Like, I talked to a lot of people about it, trying to, you know, just investigate it. I'm sure you do too, Miguel. Mm-hmm. But I have talked to people that say they never experience an inner dialogue. Right, yeah. Which is amazing. I don't, that, to uh, me, that's like, what? <laughs> all that happens in there all day. <laughs> the voices in my head. <laughs> what would I do without them? So. Don't they argue with themselves over things? I mean, you know. They mostly just have opinions. It's not, so I don't do the litigation. Litigation is mostly with others. Um, I tend to agree with myself. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes there's that idea, like you're laying in bed, it's like, I'm so tired. And the voice will say, hey, remember that time 10 years ago you made a jerk of yourself? Or <laughs> it'll bring some random movie that you haven't seen. And you're like, why are you doing this to me now? I just want to go to sleep. I don't need some dark memory who's coming. But then I The memory say, reel. I look at memory a lot in the book as well, um, yeah. which I feel like memory and mnemonics are... A- very crucial thing um, in terms of the Gnostic journey. And like you, you actually used the word amnesia mm-hmm. in that film before, which was, I use it also in my book because it is this um, most of 
gaining that, what I guess people would call enlightenment, at least personally, my experiences of it and teachers I've talked to as well, it's more like you remember it than learning it. Yeah, learning is remembering. Yeah. yeah, learning is remembering, as Plato said. So I usually oh, do. Uh, yeah. I'll thank my soul. I usually say, okay, there's a reason my unconscious is sending me this. I will thank it, do a little ritual. Sometimes <laughs> I say, can we do it tomorrow about this memory that's coming up? And I promise we'll work on it. Something needs to be integrated or looked at. So it's much better. It's not like years ago where I just stay up all night. Like, why am I thinking about it? Uh -huh. Well, let me ask you, Miguel, do you, are you a person who remembers your dreams? Yeah, much better. I do dream journaling and some dream therapy. So I go through periods. It's never straight, but I go through periods where, yeah, I'm remembering every dream in detail for weeks. And then sometimes mm. my unconscious is like, okay, we're going to take a break. So what about you, Moondog? Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a doozy last night. You're going to love this. What Can is I it? Tell, tell, us, tell us. Dream? Oh, man. I was in a big room, like, and I was dressed in a suit with some sort of company. And all these people got in this room. They all sat down. And then the leader said, all right, everybody take off their clothes. And <laughs> so all these people start taking off their clothes, right? And I said, darn, if I'm going to die obey him and take off my clothes so anyway after after everybody had taken off their clothes that was going to there are a certain few number that didn't right and then they said all right everybody who take their off their clothes get out of there everybody else we're going to make you the managers <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate right yeah. all, all, all the sheep that would do anything they were told wow <laughs> that, that's I'm fascinating i'm not kidding so yeah, I, I remember him. Well, good. Yeah, and yeah, I wanted to do. Here's a quote from uh, Asher, and I don't know if you want to discuss him. He's another character. There's the coyote who obviously helps out as Angela is again a psychopomp. But uh, you have Asher who says, "I understand it isn't your fault. I am not blaming you. There is no choice of yours that led 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 here." The parasites were a choice your ancestors made a long, long time ago. They've been there so long, I'm not sure they can be extracted from people unless I'm around. Most humans would die of shock during the removal process. So this is interesting because it's a deal with the ancestors. But at the end of the day, now these parasites today are they're feeding and they're really doing more damage than good, even if they're trying to shield us from the truth. It's outmoded, right? Outmoded. Mm -hmm. Now it's just gone into excess. <laughs> yeah. As we have more time to think, more time to feel, they have more food. So, of course, they're getting exactly. more and more gorged. And uh, this is where we are. Carlos Castaneda, uh, yeah, the predator, as he talked, the flyers. So we find it in so many um, and so many myths. So tell us about Asher. Can you tell us about Asher? Should we talk about Asher? I know we can talk about Asher, but <clears throat> I don't want like too many spoilers, but certainly the character of Asher um, is very specific, as you know, like through the thing to play the role, but Asher is basically an entity, right? That mm -hmm. um, is folded into time space. And part of the, obviously the title is 4D. So I'm trying to get some concepts across about the fourth dimension. And that really involves things that can get a location 
in time space that is not necessarily linear uh, and is uh, you can approach a location in time space through sentience, uh, mm -hmm. which of course is like very shamanic and a lot of people would say, no, you can't. But then you look at things like remote viewing uh, and some of these experiences that people have that would show absolutely that you can locate. It's like a location. So I wanted very much to be able to use the character of Asher in order to get across some of these larger ideas about interdimensional travel, which most people and most of the stories tell it as you know, like very much about wormholes and that if we were able to fold time space that we would need some kind of device or like a machine or a spaceship, right? But obviously anyone that's been psychonauting at all and my experiences in psychonautic journeys that I've had is that you don't need a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> and that these um, locations and time space are also in sentience, in gnosis, in, and they can have like a um, an anchor, which is very much like a memory as well. Interesting. Yeah, obviously your book works a lot on shamanistic concepts too, which of course I liked and of course I expected. And uh more or less in your, I don't want to say, yeah, cosmology, which I thought was fascinating, was the idea of you've got two worlds together and they're so superimposed. And it reminded me when we had Jason Reza Georgiani, he talked about, um, God, this Iranian writer, he's the most famous Iranian writer, and he wrote a novel called Novel Folklore. And in this novel, an angel comes to this world to the person and the angel's all beaten up and the angel's like, the afterlife is even worse. Don't get fooled. <laughs> and then I thought of your novel because I realized, oh my God, the afterlife is not where we need to be. The underworld is not the end by any means. You know, the, right. shame, the shamans knew that. They know, okay, the spirit world, the world of the gods, uh -uh -uh. I'm there to do my job and risk my life and <laughs> do all this stuff. But this is not is. These are two worlds. And of course, I'm not going to spoil it, but at the end, you give this beautiful third option, again, very Gnostic option or hermetic, that or Egyptian, that there is a reality that goes beyond anything we could have imagined than the two worlds that right now humans are stuck in. I want, it is, that's the prison, right? It's the prison. And a lot of it, I think, is getting perpetuated by these egregores and mind whatever they you want to call them these um mental parasites and archons that are preventing the majority of people's consciousness to be able to expand wide enough to come out of these um constructed things and some people i mean the church does play a big role but honestly if you read the Bible and especially things that Jesus says, this stuff is talked about in there too. And even Moses like has the, the angels are like, dude, don't know underworld. Like don't go, don't do that. You know? <laughs> so I feel like it's so heavily misinterpreted, but it's even the truth is in there. And then it gets, well, I guess like the institution of the church, as you mentioned, right. would be the one responsible, but Jesus goes to hell, goes to the underworld and tries to liberate them to go 
not to heaven, but to this other reality, right? Uh, however you want to interpret that, whatever it is, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it's something that I, I feel like doesn't get enough attention when people talk about um, spiritual stories and it sort of gets everybody thinks they're just going to the underworld when they die and it gets like accepted and everyone thinks that's it. And I'm like, Oh, this is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't go to heaven. Don't follow the light. Don't go to hell. There's something else. And as you say, the ancients knew this. I mean, they knew this too. Yes. So this is not like, again, things got sort of dumbed down as we lost our sec, our daemon or that voice in our head. Uh, the other thing that got dumbed down, too, is uh, the idea of the authentic self, because this is where mm. it gets complicated. Not only do we have to worry about the mind parasites, but the truth is that we are constructs. We're, we're just bullshit. And the ancients knew it, too, because, yes, Jung is talking about complexes and shadows and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, this Swiss magician. And what's in it? What's in his damn pipe? But then you go, no, no, no. In ancient times, look, the Egyptians had the idea of the seven souls. That's uh, right. Plato had the tripartition of the men, but the soul had all these places. The Buddhists had the skandhas. The Hermeticists and the Gnostics had that there's a universe within us with planets and levels and, you know, aeons and archons reflected inside. Over and over, you look at all these ancient traditions and we humanity are a constellation of different forces and the ego or the kunda buffer or the mind parasite might be yeah. the thing that's telling us that we are this fiction called Miguel or Maja right. or Vance. And we're, we're playing this game in reality, but we're all just this complex, fun, crazy narrative. Aren't we? I really thought dealing with the identity um, stuff in there was so important. And hopefully I don't know if any teenagers will ever read my book, um, or if it'll get into that audience, but the identity politics, especially uh, recently, are so uh, overwhelming, and mm -hmm. people are seem seem to be looking for more and more things to attach their identity to, rather than trying to release these um, limitations, as you mm -hmm. said, because we're actually so much more, so much larger. Uh, I love the hermetic stuff about identity and envisioning yourself literally as the universe literally as these larger organisms and my um my teacher dr kelvin dewolf with his native american lineages really talks about how they view the persona in that way so much larger so much um oh, wow. more universal uh and that's just how it used to be in in ancient societies but now we get these attachments to like, you know, an avatar that you put out or your gender or, you know, some accomplishment that you did. And that becomes your identity. And then people don't have enough ego deaths, in my personal opinion. And people need to have way more ego deaths. I hope you guys hear me if you're listening. Um, <laughs> as unsettling as they are, they are you have to go into that underworld ego death in order to come into that expansion. Cause if you can't clear off that identity of who you think you are in this construct, uh, as you said, you're, you're never going to be able to get to the expansion. 
Yeah, well said. And yeah, I mean, I'm all for gender bending and the androgyny. That's ancient too, but these are inner forces, inner storms that we play with inside of us. Well, the you male, do it the in female order load. to expand. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Your outer mask is not the end. It's just, it's the beginning of the journey, you know, cosplay or be who you want, but let these energies inside of you because there's a whole universe and a narrative that's going on. And we all got to figure out how much anima and animus we need to wear for the outside. But these forces are still moving again. Elvis, when you look at a perfect Yunka, example, I was just thinking he was, of Elvis too. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was in the perfect balance. He was, uh, he knew, like they said, he knew women inside out. He was a man's man. He was, uh, you know, in the fifties, he was friendly to gay people. He was a big friends with Liberace, no problems. He was just almost this balanced human being who knew how to do these things. So uh, I think that's, I think we used to call him. Um, it's an outdated term, metrosexuals, but right. you don't have, you know, he could sit there and put makeup on for hours and go out and play football. That's a kind of thing. <laughs> right. Well, I think gender and sexuality and all those things have to be expanded so big because yeah. it just gives somebody a, a thing to attach their identity onto. And then it's a limitation, right? So, and everybody has to, I mean, so much is happening now that's exciting with the expansion of these identities and people being able to go beyond them and and enter into these new places where they like are like maybe this doesn't have anything to do with what's like in my authentic self like that place that of course wouldn't necessarily be identified with our anything with meat suit right with johnny meat suit um meat sack <laughs> but the fact that yes you have this uh construct that you're in but then what else is that identity that is like past that further than that beyond that and how are you going to gain access to that if you're going to remain attached onto like you know your hands or your hair or whatever you, you know choose put xyz in there but we have to expand way further i think than people already are but BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well said, indeed. And I think the answer, 
again, we're talking about that if we are a constellation of all a universe, as Hermes said, we are a universe in itself, and then we have the mind parasites, we have it. What do we do? And the answer is not is exactly what people aren't doing today, Maja. You just go inward. That's Find right. what works for you. Go on a go in a nana, go inside, take a lump get destroyed, take a beating, tear it up. But you will find a, a million versions of yourself. You'll find uh, treasures from your past. You'll find the call of your ancestors, forgotten gods. You'll find, and at the best part, you will find your mission in life and your authentic self. And it will be, mm. you'll be completely speechless. So that's my advice. What's your advice? That's very good <laughs> advice. Do you feel like, I mean, of course, mine is the same. I say to people, like, you have to do your spiritual labor or, like, the techniques, right? You have to do the inner techniques. Like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Some people, I guess, obviously, I don't know everything. But some people think of attainment of that kind of stuff. Like, you could do it in these outward actions, right? Which, I mean, whatever. I'm not going to argue about it. But I am largely, uh, mostly because that was my experience, you have to do these internal um, techniques. Would you say, like, a lot to go along and take your advice a little further? Would you Would you just say, like, any kind of meditation? Or would you, like, kind of advocate, like, any specific route or anything in particular? Mm. Just anything, right? That's a, that's a thing, again, that frustrated people in ancient times because the Gnostics were, and the Hermetics, too, were such anarchists. Yeah. They would break off into little lodges, and if you didn't like it, you'd go over here. Oh, I'm going to do entheogens. I'm going to do sex magic. I'm going right. to do ceremonial. I'm going to do med. So a potpourri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was basically what works for you. If you think yeah. you are a unique individual, a unique divine spark, which you are, then you have a unique path. There's no BuzzFeed mm. list. You got to find what's the meditation that works for you. Is it therapy, do ceremonial magic, uh, maybe going to church, maybe the mosque? You have to find your recipe that's going to unlock allow you to go in and get those mind parasites so only you and Jung used to say that there is no savior you are your savior there is only one way that is your way and people don't want to hear that i don't want to hear it i wish somebody would just give me a formula like do this and you'll be fine hasn't worked out for me and only in my 50s i finally figured it out took a while that's about (laughs) right right isn't that what they say like you can't even be a kabbalist until your 40s so Uh, it's always, and you had, you did the, the 3d work. You, we, same with me. We have families, right? We got kids. Do you have kids? Fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One. So like, yep. I mean, you know, you can't just sit there on the mountain, like a monk. You gotta like, you, you got kids, you gotta do stuff. So I, it sounds like then your main advice is to like go seeking to find those techniques. Right. So it's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, going on a hundred percent i i swear that you have a path and a purpose and an amazing being but you have to find what works for you it's completely logical when you think about it yeah that there was ever a one-size-fit-all thing it doesn't make any sense and it never made sense but you have to and you got to fight for it you got to tweak it you got to make it your own you got to create your own story your own cosplaying through life. You got to find your archetypes, your myth, uh, you know, all that stuff. I mean, Elvis found the myth of Hermes. Uh, Marilyn mm-hmm. found the myth of uh, Aphrodite. And these right. two figures 
change the history. And they knew it. They knew it from the beginning. <laughs> you can unravel a lot with one thread. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As Angela does in your novel. It's like, yeah. she just... You just keep going. Like, and I tell people that too, like, because people will get all bummed out or they're like, oh, well, it didn't work because I'm not enlightened yet or whatever, right? So, you know, like, why bother? And then you're just going to quit because they're like, well, what's the use? Or like you said earlier, like they don't have a big car or like their mansion or they don't have like that outward, outward success or whatever. So I feel like a lot of people get despondent and then they just stop. But you would be surprised if you just keep going and don't stop uh you know like you said at 50 years old right i'm almost 50 myself and like just keep going don't quit you know like that goes a long way further than you think because everything yeah. kind of accumulates and uh you know maybe you've had this and i tried to get this across in the book too that things will mount upon each other and maybe you got like a little tidbit back here somewhere and it didn't really make sense so you just kind of kept going but then later as things get revealed more, you kind of are like, oh, that's what that one thing so long ago was. And now that kind of like really <laughs> makes sense, but you couldn't have had the revelation unless you had that seed planted back a while ago when you thought it was useless. Yeah, well said. And yeah, I think that the the gift, I don't know what the gift, ecstasy, what's what the shamans and the Gnostics were talking about. You go outside of your head and, you see reality for what it is and for sometimes it's a few seconds sometimes it's meant you feel this bliss that is better than any drug any sex any material thing you buy at the store it's just it's completely amazing and this is what it's yeah. all about to be who you are in your natural state of freedom bliss ecstasy rhapsody so that's great and sometimes you lose it i take several steps back all the time i get lost i get uh I take the wrong route or I get lazy with my daily practices. And then I'm like, fuck, Johnny Meatsack again. And I, you just yeah. get right back on the horse. It's like shoveling a driveway when it keeps snowing, right? That's <laughs> uh, how I describe yeah. it. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, you moved away from this. Uh, I'm still in it. Um, well, Vance, any questions from you or super chats from the audience? Uh, we got the super chats. And uh, Bruce Banner, 7530, even higher. That's a name. Um, he says, I asked this before, but does the author think, that's you, Maja, uh, that parasites in our body, like ropeworm, control thought? Stories say they're leftover linked to archons. I absolutely mm. love that you asked this question. Uh, when I was on an ancestor vision quest, I have like Viking. And I was reading these articles about how Vikings were literally altered because of parasitic worms in their intestine and intestinal worms. I don't know if people know this, but it's like a huge issue still in a lot of places in the world. And certainly this idea, like I said, of the mitochondria joining with our cells began as a parasitic relationship, right? So parasites, especially intestinal worms, um, you have a second brain in your gut. I don't know. Most people are familiar with this now that yeah, actually I, I has know. the same neurotransmitting chemicals, right? It's why for those of you that might be taking SSRIs that they mess around with your bowels, it's because that's another brain in there. So when you oh, wow. have neurochemicals uh, introduced into these environments, 
100% it affects your thinking, your logic, what you're doing, because there's literally worms in your brain <laughs> that are doing that. But also parasites absolutely have been found to influence behavior. There's, of course, the famous one, toxoplasmosis uh, with cats. But there's cordyceps fungus that makes insects um, climb to trees. All I've kinds of manipulations yet. happen by parasitic organisms that will affect your thinking. That is 100% scientifically accurate. Yes, totally. Zombie ants, yeah. Zombie <laughs> ants. It's a lot, right? The, nature is terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So even in just, your... Uh... You get a tick and then get Lyme's disease? Like, this is bullshit that where we live. It's bullshit. It is, it is. And even Asher tells Angela at one point, like, what are you talking about, mind power? You humans are parasites. You go into nature and you destroy things. And of course, we are being eaten by microbes and small animals as we speak. I mean, we really are a universe. We're an That's earth. Right. And like you just said, yeah. we have a brain in our stomach. We got the lizard brain. Uh, hello, David Icke, the human brain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah, Guns it's and Roses. The Welcome the to now. the jungle. Welcome yes. to the jungle. We got fun and games. Welcome to the jungle. It's hey, so true. So true. even outside of life on planet Earth, you've got stars and black holes eating galaxies, and I mean everything eats everything. This is the everything eats everything else universe, right? Life yeah, feeds on life, as Tool so appropriately yep. said. Yes. Oh no, you had to mention Tool. Watch out! Some <laughs> oh, of our audience is going to go crazy. Well, I, I don't know. I, we have tool. some. Tool, we have uh, Nate's a Tool fan, but the the. Um, the lead singer of Tool dressed in drag in a Florida concert and started bitching about the laws there or whatever. I was oh, like, really? another, yeah, another one bites the dust. <laughs> fell into the whole, <laughs> fell into the whole political. I have a screenshot. I don't want to show it. I don't, <laughs> tool fans are, Tool fans. Uh, well, I, I, I call fan here did want to tell you, um, Maja, how, how you influenced him and helped him on his path and so forth. I don't have the uh, I don't have the uh, the the, uh, the chat thing up right yeah, now. Yeah, Nate but... really loves like me. He really this book really helps him. Oh, it's my pleasure to share. I'm so grateful that there's things in my brain that can help and share with other people. It wasn't the archon. It was really <laughs> the part of. I you. feel myself. I don't know, Miguel. I feel like I can tell the difference. Although I guess that's what they all say, right? Um, but. I feel like I can really tell my voice from some stinker or whatever outside influence. I guess that's really the difference of feeling and influence versus like that authenticity. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, how do you know what's authentic, right? How, if you don't know, right? But when you come into that state of awareness, you can, it's like, um, it feels like a friend, right? It's like, it feels like so, I don't know how to describe it, but it seems very like obvious, like it's obvious or something. I yeah, guess I it takes practice, and yeah, I think women are better. Women hear hear their bodies much better. They have a more of an intuition towards the world. I think it's natural. We men, it's hungry, horny, <laughs> football. <laughs> Video game. Video game. It's that <laughs> women have that. It's different. Men go by their balls, right? Like mm. it's this kind of like instinctual. Although certainly that masculine intuition, it's it's not less than. It's they're both equivalent, but just like a different kind of yeah. feeling, you know. 
Yeah. And we need each other to get the whole picture. Yeah, the anima and the animus need yeah. each other, yeah, for individuation so we can get back to our natural state, the hermaphrodite, right. the androgen, the, the David Bowie or Elvis. Again, both are classic androgen kind of beings. So Everybody has to do the polarity uh, reconciliation, right? We all have to reconcile the polarity or you're not going to get too far. No, no. Any other questions, Vance? I think yes, there are. Um, um, I had Jay Moo up uh, before. He just wanted to tell you, know, you that it was a cool topic and he liked it. Um, Astrox, our friend Anon, wants to know, is there a minimum amount of ego death that <laughs> one should go through in a lifetime? Is one enough or several required? That's such a good question. I personally don't think one is enough. Um, I don't know if there's like a, a minimum amount, but I do feel like even the kind of, uh, what do you call them? Like segues in your life, like initiatory rites of passage. Like, I guess you could equivocate it with a rite of passage. Would you agree, Miguel? Like, yeah, where yeah. you definitely sense. need a minimum amount of ego deaths that would be the equivalent of like puberty, like entering into like certain life phases at each one. You need to have like an ego death, I think. Cause if you mm -hmm. don't, um, you're going to just get like, you're going to be like in high school while you're 40 years old and you've never kind of let go of that touchdown you made like back in the day. So uh, you can't like grow. It's going to prevent and inhibit your growth. So I think definitely you at least should have it at the rites of passage if that's helpful. No, that's a good one. Yeah, it reminds me of the movie Napoleon Dynamite, the guy who's always, he's playing football. Yeah, he's reliving that one last high school game or something. You're just going to get stuck, you know? He's stuck, in a, he's stuck in a loop. Yeah, you get in a loop. That's literally what happens. You can't, like, or you, it sucks it too if you get, like, a peak experience, right? A lot of people experience this. You'll get, like, a peak experience and you just want to stay there. You don't want to go do anything else because, like, there's too much sucky stuff. So stay in your glory, right? We all want to go out on that high note. So it'll prevent people from feeling like they can keep going or keep growing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think another way of seeing is that sometimes your worldview starts weighing you down. And again, talk about playing football. Most people who go nine to five and do the same thing every weekend, they're not that much better than the guy reliving his football game. But your yeah. worldview starts to weigh you down. And you, it start and your it starts to constrict your soul and your spirits, and that's when all this pain starts to happen, dysfunction and all that. So you should give yourself permission to change your worldview because that's you are right. not your worldview. You're cosplaying. Remember, your ego is a fiction that's helping you navigate reality. So you can change your worldview. You don't have to be attached to a certain religion, lifestyle, uh political party you don't go join okay. one that you hate too like i i encourage people like part of reconciling that polarity like try to go into these oppositional environments where people don't agree with you and challenge yourself to hold like some kind of larger view of people that you would think of as enemies or things you disagree with uh you don't have to agree with them but at least go and like explore some territory you know mm-hmm Oh yeah, for sure. Expand yeah. your, uh, expand your views, try new things. I mean, sometimes yeah. as I was, when I was in therapy, they would tell me even things like taking a different route to work or losing yourself in the woods, little things that 
get you out of the normative reality the ego yes. and of course the archons too can really help so it really does a lot yeah chris is an L another element we haven't talked a lot um up to up to now on this show which is our relationship with others because you know we've talked about writing our myths and we do that you know we talk about all the time our own personal journey our gnosis and so forth but a lot of this ego construction happens when we try to interface with each other uh, successfully mm -hmm. because we we adopt these roles and i guess what we're trying to get across is the ego we we should be aware of the ego um and how it boxes us in or if it even makes us hurt others but there are certain types of egos or elements of an ego, I think, that are necessary to get along with people. You know, in other words, you know, having ethics and making sure you don't harm others, that that, that can be um, a, um, a self-image that that's good to keep. You know, those elements are good to keep. I would argue that's more like your conscience, um, maybe. But maybe that's like a similar factor, right? Like, I think that the it's conscience... Still a role. You know? I think of maybe, uh, sadly, like some people don't have a connection with their conscience or Jiminy Cricket, right? So that that is like another inner voice, um, I guess, would be the conscience, which yeah. um, can arguably be that. But you're correct. Like, without that, right, there's no way <laughs> we have to have each other. But then it's true. You could be totally realized and you enter into a group of ding-dongs, right? And it's Lord of the Flies and there's nothing you can do to, like, educate them and bring them up. <laughs> Right. And then it's like horrifying at that point. It's like a Kafka novel or something because you have to enter into these societies and groups and you might know something or maybe you don't know what they know. And then how are you going to have any kind of interaction at all? Like I love the Robert Heinlein novel, Stranger in a Strange Land. Right. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. have to, you absolutely have to uh, you're 100 percent correct. And it's an important component of the conversation, because like, for example, Angela in the novel, she goes into the strip club and gets judged by all in that environment, right? She has to deal with yeah. all these egos in there that think she's this thing, but she's not that thing. And she doesn't feel like that thing, but everybody that sees her thinks she's that thing. And then there's a certain way she has to act or move. And she's like, Oh God, like <laughs> I can't do it. Right. But then all these egos are projecting upon her. So I think maybe yeah. a component of what you're talking about, Vance, is that projection uh, that we'll receive from the egos of others. And then it influences our behavior sure. to try to put up a role uh, in order to deal with it or we'll put on that mask because that's the only way we're going to be able to engage in this projection. And then yeah. if you're not projecting and everybody else is, well, I mean, goddamn, if it's not really hard to do anything at all, right? So I don't know. There, I don't know if it's possible to avoid the manipulation. You know. Well, it know. takes. You know, the, the thing is, you know, I'm I, I'm realizing that it's the definition of ego, and I think the real core of ego is fear. Mm. Yeah, you know, and to so protect. You attack, right? Right. Protect yourself by either Survive. attacking running away, you know, flight, fight or flight. That That's the, that's yes. the difference between ego and what, what you were calling conscience. Conscience that's is very good distinction. Yeah, kind of a love for other people. And that's not fear. That's the opposite of fear. Mm, like so my dream, right? Everyone that. was conforming because they were afraid if they didn't obey the guys up at the front telling them what to do. 
that's very real. That is yeah. not like, and it's unavoidable, right? So, and that's how people are manipulated, right? You're going to be able to manipulate anyone by their ego because everyone mm -hmm. is afraid of not surviving. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was reading uh, Anthony DeMello today. He's one of my favorite spiritual teachers. For those of you who haven't read Awareness, he was, of course, it's ironic. He was a Jesuit Catholic priest. He got in hot water with the Catholic Church for having some Gnostic ideas, but he always talked, you know, you've made it when nothing anybody tells you makes a difference. And he includes that, and he, and he includes compliments too. He says, whether somebody wants to say you look good, you did a good job. Nothing matters. And he, he says it's like throwing black paint in the air. You mm. are the cat. If the black paint falls, you have made it because you are the I. You are the authentic self, the sort of in the middle. I guess he was tapping. He was Indian, so I think he was tapping into some ancient Hindu ideas, right? No well, and that is. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me, too, of like uh, what you just said sounds a lot like Giordano Bruno, as well mm -hmm. as one of my big heroes. Um, mm -hmm. I love all of the things that he wrote. But he was, of course, killed for not going along with everybody else's ego projection, right? Mm -hmm. You see, most of my heroes are, you know, murdered or killed because they're, they're murdered by people's ego, their fear, right? which will right. prevent if you get different or have like certain ego deaths, then the other egos get really uncomfortable. If they can't smell your ego on you, they're like, oh no, like we can't have this, right? So they're gonna get reactive against it. So you think we're a herd species or a species that wants to be free and individual? I kind of go back and forth. I mean, mm. we yes. do need each <laughs> other to survive. But we need to innovate spiritually, scientific, to survive, too. It's kind of like, that's a hard interplay. Sheep, yes. but innovation. Sheep, but innovation. So It's a really difficult, I think it has to go into oscillating cycles, right? We have to oscillate. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, well, with awareness, we know which one to pick. That's, that's, the, that's the key. Very good point. Yeah, I would say so too. I'm thinking of Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Another oh, great I love novel. that book. Yeah, another great novel too. So good. <laughs> and in your novel, what I wanted to ask you too. Yeah, first I wanted to quote another, which is cool. Uh, speaking of um, the prison in one part, I think it's Asher who says this, or is it Angela? We are not moving. We are trapped somewhere. There was no other choice but to go in a circle. It was an ecliptic prison, a prison. I was quickly coming into a lucid realization that everything was a trick. The world was a trick. Okay, I thought to myself, let's just accept that. The beginning is the middle. The means whatever is in the middle of the map was the way to the beginning of the place. Everything returns to eventually. It was, so it was Asher who said that. So he's, he kind of sees what the world is, the illusion of the world and how we're kind of superimpose and how we can get out of it obviously he's not a as good guy as angela later on yeah the only way out is through right <clears throat> as they say you have to go into the center of the thing which is very much like your advice of just go in mm -hmm. and kelvin often says like he tries to teach people to come deeper into this reality Right. And a lot of indigenous teach, like, increase your perception, come more into this reality, like, try not to dissociate, like, get in this 
And that's the way that you're going to get out is to come into full meat sack, right? And then that is <laughs> seems to be like what yeah. pops the cherry. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get in to get out, as Peter Gabriel saying in the carpet crawlers. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to ask you, of course, is uh, the green lady in the book. She kind of came out of nowhere, and I was, like, scratching my head. I know Angela calls her the green bitch, but uh, <laughs> she was called the green lady, the sort of devourer of gods. Uh, who is she? Well, there's a little superimposition. I have a few different levels with the characters. So partly they take on archetypes, as you mentioned, with Coyote being psychopomp. But they also each represent different substances. Um, as I feel like uh, you can make correspondences. A lot of people kind of are that way too. I don't know, you can see their nature will embody different um, substances or plant medicine. And so for the green lady, of course, it's cannabis um, and those kind of euphoric things that we pursue that consume us entirely. Uh, so you might think that you're going to something to help, right? To get some assistance and make everything better. And then that thing that you seek to, to help you do something for you ends up like completely destroying everything, uh, which obviously there's so many examples to that. We don't even need to say, but um, it's usually not the best idea to do. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, there's definitely a very different levels happening in the novel. So that's why, and of course, there's the idea of very much, which has been also a theme of the show, not just Arkham Mind Parasite, but the idea of dream time. There's this sort of dreamy thing, and we have to wake up to the entire reality. Uh, we were talking before the show how your novel reminded me a little bit of Alan Moore's A Providence, which is yeah. his retelling of the cthulhu mythos mythos you know, people say mythos it's so so cocky when the mythos um <laughs> and uh basically the idea is that the, this world of monsters cthulhu is the dreamer that's waking up it's coming to devour this world but the reality is that they're only monsters because we resist them with our egoic and rational mind yes. if we let go they become dreams, they become angels, they become a natural part of the universe, kind of like uh, that Danny Aiello show in a uh, speech in Jacob's Ladder where he's giving the massage and he's telling me, you know, oh, talking yeah. about Eckhart, mm -hmm. if you, they're not, demons are not there to punish you, they're, they're cleaning you, they're pruning, they're giving you an ego death, and if you let go, your real you will come it's out. It's a purge, of it's a purge, yeah, mm -hmm. and that I love the name Cthulhu, uh, and that comes from the Chthonic, which is uh, all my witch stuff and my studying of Sibel and a lot of the goddesses. They're always in the underworld, which of course I play with the underworld a lot in this and with the dream reality because it's true. But Chthonic is that earth itself, that like um, interstitial matrix that we're involved in and so these cthulhu monsters and these chthonic titans um they have this power over us because the power is death right so as we go into underworld 
um, studies and religions, especially all of the goddess things, you're meant to integrate with these chthonic forces. And of course, so many um, ancient forms of witchcraft focused on gaining uh, relationships with the Cthulhu monsters, essentially, right? You mm -hmm. would make them allies and you would come into alliances with them. And that's how you were able to navigate underworld uh, journeys and do cycle pumping, right? And all of the, the shamans are able to navigate those realms because they've come into a friendship with the Cthulhu monsters. Mm -hmm. And that's how you do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you got to be in good terms with Tony Soprano, right? If you're going to you go, do, down. you do. <laughs> if you're going to go looking for treasures or some money in the wrong places in the dark corners of the universe, me friends in low places as well. As yeah, high. I've got yes, yes, uh, Garth yeah. Brooks. I've got That's friends right. in low places. <laughs> I know I'm bringing in country, but what can you do? <laughs> and uh, what uh, what are some rituals that? you do for your practice and i can be transparent i was talking about i do dream therapy meditation and it works i say it, whatever works for you but these days like sedona method tonglin meditation um was it the waterfall meditation by oh god i forgot his name uh new age guys really work well for me mm. uh some buddhist meditations i obviously do uh, a lot of i ching I do a lot of uh, kind of affirmative magic rituals out in the woods. And I, yeah. then I bring things to, obviously, when I can, I do ayahuasca ceremonies, but that's not very often because I have one shaman who's my uncle, the one person I trust. Uh, that's awesome. And I do, a few, I do a few other things. What about you? What, what works for you to go inward, Maja? Yeah, I definitely have a grip of things that I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably the most on on the daily, I definitely do divination, obviously, all day because it's my job. So that's mm -hmm. a daily practice. I use Kelvin's techniques, um, which are combinations of stuff he did with, um, it's called Nagong, which is like kind of like Qigong, but it's the internal. So mm -hmm. there's yoga, which is the outward form. Like you can do Hatha yoga, and that's like putting your body in a position. And then there's Raja yoga which is the mental meditative stuff. And so Nagong is kind of like the Raja yoga um, equivalent in terms mm -hmm. of Qigong. So that comes from a lot of my studies in martial arts and Chinese medicine and all that kind of stuff of how to move the energy inside of my physical body. So I do the mind stuff, mental stuff. And then I also focus on um, my internal not just my internal state, but my internal organs, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the yoga practices. Like if, if you go deep, like you need to get into your intestines, you need to go into your lungs, into your heart. Like you have to go into your inner world. So that's, you have to go on that inner journey, you know, within your corpuscular, um, your bones. I do a lot of bone meditations as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I do a lot of nature stuff. So I moved up to the mountains and do a lot of just hikes and go to nature and do different rituals just in the mountains. For me, I'm a mountain girl. I know different people have different environments that they like, whether it's desert or I would go mountain forest any day of the week if I got to choose, you know. Oh, I hear you. I, yeah, when I go out in nature to the trails, I will 
a ritual will come up to me and it'll be completely unique and different. I'll just stick with like recently it was it's a Persef welcome home Persephone. And it's really goofy. I can't share with it, but it's a the dog knows this ritual because she has to deal with me doing this ritual out in the woods. But I love it. There's different different ones. So this one has been welcome home Persephone. Because in the Midwest, it's only in the last month since we've seen Persephone arrive. I know you guys have seasons there. <laughs> <laughs> yes we do and it's good it's uh extremes are fun they're interesting you appreciate yes good deal good deal um what was there? any questions from you vans i'm uh kind of uh meditating here <laughs> drawing a blank <laughs> uh, i'm watching the chat and so forth um, I wanted to thank uh, Will for his super chat. Thank you, Will. And I wanted to thank Chester for his. Chester the man. Chester the man. Always good ideas and uh, conversations with Chester. Yeah, and yeah. for the audience, uh, I, I do have in the show notes uh, Maja's uh, link to her homepage. So people can reach out to you for readings, uh, I Ching, Tarot. What else do you do? I do astrology readings as well. Um, some people just do consultations too to pick my brain about stuff I know about as well. Awesome. Well, we'll have that in the show notes. And yeah, you have a book coming out too this year, not beyond the non. I do. Or... Yeah. Um, in addition, I'll be having one out with the inner traditions. Uh, hopefully, we can chat again. <laughs> we are, oh yeah, you know. It's gonna be it. like yeah. next spring, so it's a long time away. But um, I did a. I made an astrological technique of reading charts where you can look at shadow um, behavior and use the oppositional chart that you can create a kind of like antichrist of yourself and then use that in order to gain awareness of some of the ego fear that you have as Vance um, so astutely put it. Shadow work in witchcraft is basically raising uh, to your awareness the unconscious or the subconscious and you can go to so many levels with that as I point out in the novel as well and the astrology book is really covering um, all the different levels that we as individuals have, as a collective have, and then also that you have to deal with in nature. So this astrology book is, it, it's like, I don't know how many pages, it's so much, but it goes through all the possible planetary combinations. So you can look up your oppositional chart and you can see what shadow behavior you might be holding that number one belongs to your ego, number two belongs to the collective, and number three is a nature behavior. So that you can kind of raise your awareness up if you thought like it was just you that's jealous, sorry, <laughs> happens all over the place, even in nature. Oh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we need to get a little more understanding on this emotional energy. I really am a big proponent. Um, obviously, a lot of my work is psychological. So I see so many people struggling with uh, the emotional energy, even on like a physical level, not just in their lives or in relationships or dealing with other people in communities, but the emotional energy is something that we really just need to understand and work through so much. Everybody does. It's just, to me, I'm just like bored of it really. Um, and I'm like, can we just teach everybody this so that there's no more of these dumb outbursts and oh bickering, God. you know, I don't know. Well, it's hard. I mean, one of the lessons I had to learn was that 
the one of the biggest lies they tell us is that time heals all wounds, and time does not heal bullshit. all wounds. That's total bullshit. <laughs> the wound stays there, like the day you were, I don't know, abused by your parents, or the day that person broke your heart. You're still in that day. That yeah, day has never PTSD. stopped. Yes, and everybody, and that trauma affects all of us. I think. Yes, said, it does. To be, to be human is to be traumatized, and we have to go underworld we have to go to the underworld of our past and interact with that child that adult that hurt or that person that's you gotta right understand it. because if not uh we're being uh as you said it it seems like fate like we can't control ourselves we can't get through we can't get a better career relationship you get stuck. Or, you get stuck. why do i get it yeah again we're talking about uh the guy playing football why do i get into the same stupid fight with my wife or and Thanksgiving, it's the same stupid fight with my, you know, you're just sort of That's stuck right. because trauma is feeding all of you're reliving trauma. And of course, those archons love it. So they're feeding and they're magnifying it and distorting it. So that's right. That needs to know, because even as an American society, we need to heal our past trauma. It doesn't mean we can't just destroy statues and erase the past. We have to heal it. We have to come to terms with it. We have to make good with this with our sins and then just integrate it and move on Simple. it's gonna take a lot of emotional labor <laughs> it's gonna take so much emotional labor but i want to encourage everybody once we all chip in and do as much as we can and to whatever effect you can like maybe you don't have to do some because it's like too much or you got victimized a certain way and you just can't that's not for you but pick something yeah. you can do and then if we all like, contribute, I think we can make it through this emotional labor and get to that healing place where maybe everyone, I mean, I guess it's idealistic to think we can stop traumatizing each other, but maybe we could get like at least a little closer and not have so much and just be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the choice is, uh, the other choice, I'd say it, but the uh, psyche crumbles in this country or... As history tells us, some strong man is going to come. <laughs> I really, uh, this time, I'm not, I don't mean like, you know, Trump or Obama. Right. Those guys are just tricksters. They're not. No, I'm just Trump. laughing because it's just funny. A real strong man, a real dictator, and he's going to drain this energy. He's going to bring everybody together. He's going to bring peace. He's going to make sure that you don't, trains are on time and everybody thinks the same. And that's what people want, but that's not the right path we need to take. Right. The other extreme. Yeah, the mm -hmm. other extreme from social that's media right. and social justice and all this chaos and it's anarchy go to and the tyranny. Extreme. Anarchy and tyranny, you know, we oscillate. It's so boring. I know. There has to be a way to get into that center, into that middle. Harmony. Into the middle. Harmony. Read an uh, Ursula Le Guin novel. She she comes with a lot of like anarchist solutions in her mm, novels. I like it. Yeah. Token too. Token. The Shire. Lathe of Heaven. Yeah, it was one. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a great one. So that's the solution. Well, as we get to the end, I want to read one more thing, and this is something you quote at the end, and it's I think it's really beautiful, and I think the audience will like it. I kind of put it in one of those. I don't know, corny Canva marketing social media post, but I couldn't help it. It's, nice. I just it's easy couldn't and accessible. Yeah, yeah. And fun. Let's see. All right. Share screen window. There you are. All right. Share. That's from Normandy Ellis. Normandy Ellis uh, from Awakening Osiris. 
and it goes, the past and future dream us lies on our bodies like skin that we might pass the days with grace. To us, we're giving all the ways in the obligation to travel. To us, we're opened all the roads of heaven, all the tunnels in earth and the channels of sea. Among the dead and the living, by these same words have we all traveled. Together, we walk a single path into the heart of the infinite. It was beautiful, beautiful. And it, it goes well because the last, you know, five, ten pages of your novel, again, you give this third way out of this to heal and what is outside and it's really beautiful so i urge the audience to read it because that way is uh the hermetic gnostic ancient egyptian way of just flying beyond your wildest imagination it's really the way thank you so much miguel that was delightful Oh, yeah. Thank you for the novel. It was very good. And I certainly uh, I certainly advise people to read it. You'll read it quickly and uh, you won't be able to let it go. And again, it's got all the cool Gnostic simulation, occult, shamanism, hermetic ideas there that you will really enjoy. So check it out. And this can be bought anywhere? Yeah, you can get it. It's on Amazon. Um, they have it in... If you have a local bookstore, you want to carry the physical book, you can let them know it's available for wholesale on Ingram. Um, and they have it like at Barnes and Noble and, um, all, you know, books, bookshop.org is one of my favorites. They support bookstores and for people looking for Amazon alternatives, you can go check out bookshop.org. I don't know if you've heard of no, them. But they, they're really cool. They're like an online place, but they help get books from bookstores and local stores. So they're trying to help keep bookstores alive um, rather than just having everything in a warehouse. So they work with a network of books, bookstores. They're pretty Bookshop. awesome. All right. I just put them up on my browser so I don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I see it. I see it. Awesome. Well, good deal. Well, we are at the end, people. Thanks for your questions. Great questions. Uh, thanks for your super chats, everybody. And I first should say, Vance, thanks for uh, keeping us company in this journey to the underworld. Oh, my pleasure. It's delightful to have you on, Maja. And uh, my ego's on life support, so <laughs> <laughs> intensive care thanks, unit. So uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> yes maja as always it's really awesome to have you on the show thanks guys it was so much fun i enjoyed it it was fun and tomorrow we continue with the archon mind parasites because paul levy will be joining us to discuss oh, awesome. the latest, uh, cool. latico book so uh the theme continues we will have and next week we'll have a show on archon so yeah you guys are going to know them so well before it's over you'll integrate them right into your head <laughs> cavalcade well, of archons yeah. <laughs> confederacy of dunce archons so <laughs> awesome well maja again thank you very much and for everybody else who celebrates have a good uh weekend or a good friday or a good memorial weekend or whatever you celebrate thank you everybody and good night good night everybody BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.